everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Ag Wellness Podcast. I'm Josh Stellan, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jake Hadfield. And we are excited to have our special guest today, Mr. Justin Clausen. Justin is an Ag uh, Extension faculty from Cache County. And um, we are just really excited to be able to, to have you with us. Welcome, Justin. Thank you. Um, we are um, specifically excited to have you uh, visit with us and elaborate on um, some things in the realm of mental health, uh, some things that you've seen in your professional career and personal lives. And, and uh, we're, we're, again, just grateful for your time. So to, to start out, if you wouldn't mind maybe giving our listeners a, a brief background and of, of, of yourself and, and your relationship to the agricultural industry. Okay. So I grew up in Cache Valley. My grandparents both ran dairy farms in Hiram and Paradise. But I was like the oldest, well, on my, my mom's side, I'm the oldest grandchild. And so I spent a lot of time on the farm. Um, playing around. My early memories are hauling hay, tipping bales over, getting them ready to go up the side uh, delivery for the truck, and my dad and grandpa and uncles would load them. If I got done fast enough, I could uh, sit on my mom's lap and drive the truck. But then uh, I started showing dairy cattle when I turned eight, and then in high school, I want, really wanted to show pigs. So I showed pigs as, up until I aged out. I was on the shooting sports team in 4-H. Um, in fact, I went on LDS mission to Nebraska, Kansas, and Iowa and got to see a lot of different agriculture. And also in high school, I started working for the university on a small grains breeding program. And I did that up until a year ago. So I just kind of matriculated into a program. They said it never happened. And pretty soon I found myself the technician breeding wheat and barley for the state of Utah. And I always thought about being a Cache County Ag, or not even Cache County, but just an Ag agent in general. I applied for several positions, but it just never seemed to work out. And so I just stayed as a research technician for a long time, <laughs> 17 years, plus uh, when you add high school, it's like 31 years last year. So I had a, a great experience there in agriculture and got to travel the state working with uh, producers on wheat and barley so yeah if anyone has a question about wheat or barley justin's the guy to go to in my opinion so anyway he has a lot of experience in that way um justin kind of moving on to do our next question um me and you have actually talked before this podcast and we kind of talked a little bit about your personal journey with, you know, mental health and different implications of that. Um, would you share that with us and just kind of talk to us about your personal journey and kind of how you not necessarily got involved with mental health or different things, but just what was the specific journey you took? Man, and it's a long journey. <laughs> so in third grade, I remember being tested for a disability. They didn't know exactly what it was. You're talking, so I was born in 75. So you're talking fifth grade, you're talking 80s. And I remember going in and then they're testing me. And the poor lady that was testing me, she laid the book down across from me. And we're going along, we're almost done testing. And all of a sudden she gives me this look and she goes, are you reading my book? And I'm like, maybe. 
And that's when she realized I could read upside down and backwards. And so we had to start the testing all over again because she, and this time she tipped the book up. So the first time they tested me, I came, I didn't qualify for anything magically. But then she was like, wait, you can read upside down and backwards. I'm like, yeah. And then, so then they started wondering if it was dyslexia. I had, even in sixth grade, there was a teacher that said, you've got to have dyslexia because what would happen is lowercase B's and D's. I couldn't remember which way they faced. And then saws and was, I would get them mixed up. In fact, I couldn't remember which hand was my right and left in early on. And so I started wearing a watch on my right hand. So I'd remember that this was my right hand. <laughs> and, but they never could figure it out because they said, well, do the, the, those letters and words jump around on the page? I'm like, no, they're perfectly fine. They don't move or anything. It just turned out that I just didn't care to remember which way they were facing. It wasn't important to me. And then when I got into college, um, they never could figure out what was going on, but they said, well, you qualify for this. So it's just a lot of hard work and trial. But I got into college and I just about graduating. And I remember sitting down with a friend of mine who now I work with, J.D. Gunnell, in the county office here. And he he started talking about things he remembered. And I'm like, man, I don't remember what you do. Something is wrong with me. And so I went in and started doing some tests. They call it a psychoanalysis. And even on the psychoanalysis, right at the bottom, they couldn't figure out, and it says possibly ADD. And so then I went to another place called the, back then it was called the CPD, the Center for People with Disabilities. And they were going to get ready to do this really big test, and which I'd already done. And I said, here's my paperwork. And they went, wow, you're a really great candidate for ADD. And that's the first time my senior year in, in uh, college as an undergraduate, I found out that I had, I was a really good candidate for attention deficit. It wasn't hyperactivity. I was just a daydreamer. And I'd sit there in class. And, and then that's when all the pieces started fitting in that, okay, I'm not really hyperactive. I know I can, I can control that part. I can be really hyper if I want to, but I daydream in class. And that's when, so I zone out. People will say something to me and I'm like, oh, wait, what'd you say? And I have to have them repeat it. And so this is the constant battle of trying to stay focused. And they're like, well, adult uh, ADD doesn't go to adulthood, but then that's in college. They're saying, no, this, it, this will continue on. In fact, the doctor um, wanted to go talk with the guy that gave me the psychoanalysis. So I had to, I had to sign a waiver. And this is how bad it can be is my signature changes depending on the mood I'm in. So my signatures didn't compare. <laughs> so the doctors couldn't talk. And so they spent like, I don't know how long they spent trying to convince that I was the same person to be actually able to, to communicate between the two doctors that, yeah, I'm the same person, even though my signatures are different and I don't write in cursive either. I print everything, but even the printing can be, almost a cursive style but most of the time I print and that's actually one of the signs of ADD is that you print everything cursive and I really liked cursive in the back in the day but I found it easier just to print everything so that's so when I started graduate school 
I was like, I started trying to do coping things. And then I realized, you know, when I went to the CPD, they were like, you know, there's some medication that you can take. And so I was like, well, okay, well, let's see what happens. So I tell people, you're supposed to experiment with drugs in college, right? <laughs> I had a prescription for it. And so I started trying all the different forms of medication. There's the, the Adderall, uh, there's a methylphenidate, and then there was, at the time, there was a new one called Stratera that was supposed to be non-stimulant. And so that was a ride in itself right there. The Adderall made me really um, on edge. My anxiety was like really high. Um, and Concerta really made me, because it, it only lasted 24 hours in a day. So you take it, well, I should, should say 12 because you start, you take it like at 7 a.m. and it wears off by 7. And I call that my Cinderella hour because you could just feel it wearing off. But on Concerta, <clears throat> in the morning, I was really like just wiped out. It, I'd have to take the medicine first thing, take a shower and wait for that medicine to kick in. The Stratera is longer. It lasts 24 hours, so it builds up in your system. And it, that one seemed to work the best for me. The The bad experience with Adderall for me was my, like I said, my frustration level was right there on the surface. And I was on a low dose. I remember one time uh, we had, it was back when we had answer machines and I, I pressed the button for the ants to hear the message and the message is playing. And I, I pushed stop and it didn't stop. And I pushed stop again. It didn't stop. And I got just frustrated and I picked up the answer machine because it was small. I could pick it up with one hand and I just slammed it down on the nightstand and shattered it. And my wife was like, well, this medication is not for you. And so I was like, yeah, apparently not. And so when you're trying different medications, it's important to listen to your spouse and your parents to find out like what makes it, when you're taking the medication, are you still yourself? And so I realized really quick, Adderall is off the table for me. And I, I really stuck with Concerta for a long time because at the time, insurance really wouldn't cover it at a cheaper rate. It was like $100 or more a month. And I was like, well, I'm not willing to spend that much to be somewhat normal. So I, I stuck with Concerta for a long time and then recently just switched back to Stratera because that was my best one by best choice for me. And so, um, yeah, it was a long ride right through there of experimenting with different drugs and and I started seeing, even because I was in school, they, and, and I was kind of in a study, so they want to know what experiences I had. And so I would write down notes and say, well, I felt like this. And because even with ADD, you can be very obsessive, compulsive about things. And so I really wanted this to work. I saw my grades jump a letter grade when I started taking the medication, but the medication only gets you halfway you still have to learn all these coping skills that to get you through life. Like, um, for example, I found out by doing the <clears throat> that uh, psychoanalysis test that one of them they give you is a, a digit span. Most people have a digit span of eight numbers they can remember. So if I give you a single digit, like one, four, six, eight, you can repeat that back up to eight. Most people can remember eight numbers. My digit span is four. So for me to get up to eight, I pair numbers. And so instead of re remembering single digits, I'm, rem I'm remembering 20, 40, 65 to get up to eight. 
And so that's how I've learned to cope with my short digit span, if you will. So I started just working on coping skills. I got extra time on exams. And the my best exam I ever did, I was in a room. It was the mail room for the plant soils de, uh, climate department. And I'm sitting there taking the test. And lady comes in to use the printer and and the printer breaks. And I'm like, well, I got extra time on this. I sit down and fix the printer and go back. But just that ability to walk away from something and come back, because you can hyper-focus with ADD to the point that you can't, you're looking at a tiny dot when, when you're not really looking at the big picture of, of something. And so I, I still find that today. If I'm writing an article, I will start like a week or two ahead of time. I'll write down all my thoughts, get the general outline and walk away from it for a week. And and I'll still be on my mind. I, I know where I want to go with the article or something, but that walking away, I'll come back and look at it. I'm like, man, who wrote this? And I'll find all the mistakes in there. But if I'm editing it while I'm editing it, I can't see it. I just miss everything. And so I've learned these coping skills of like start early, walk away, come back to it, and then I can see what I'm looking at. Or if I take a break and then come back to it like a few hours later. It'll look completely different to me because my mind has reset for that. So yeah, there's a lot of different things you can do to cope with ADD. Just always keep in mind that the drugs are only a key. They're not the, the final solution and, and everything is gonna be cured. And And then you still, like I said, with ADD, you can be coupled with something else. So you can have you can have dyslexia and ADD. You can have OCD and ADD. Man, if you look at my desk, it's a mess. But you go in my car and things have to be a certain way. And so, or my favorite when I was a kid, I loved music. So I had lots of CDs. Well, they had to be in alphabetical order by rock and country. And I'd walk in, I'm like, oh, this is out of place. This one's not in the right place. And so, but my room was a mess other than my CDs. So that's like living with ADD. The other thing with when you start taking medication is I'd forget things. So like leaving to go to work in the morning, you'd be like, you leave and you get to work and you're like, oh, I forgot to bring this. I forgot to bring this. And the medication made it so I, I may have walked out of the house and put things in my car and like, oh, I forgot this. It, it made it so that forgetfulness was shorter. I didn't remember when I got to work that I'd forgot something at home that I was going to bring that day. And so it made it so I didn't have to go back as many times to pick up something and get frustrated. So hopefully that answered your question, Jake. I think that that was a perfect uh, answer to the question. And I uh, really appreciate you describing those things so personally and and so realistically um and i think that that's yeah. going to be super helpful to our listeners that to you know maybe maybe uh diagnosed with something similar maybe not you know to, to yeah. understand that hey here's some here's some things and this this may be what it is now oftentimes you know we talk about personal journeys like we ask you you know tell us about this and what did it what is it like personally but um, we wanted to kind of talk to you also, you mentioned it just a little bit, how your family kind of helped you check, help keep you in check with medications and things like that. But 
Yeah. Tell us about what was going on in your family at the time and how did the news of this diagnosis impact your family? And, and, you know, how, how does, how does coping with the, with the, you know, having the tools and the things that you've learned and the, all of the things, the medications, all these things that are involved, uh, how does that affect your family overall? Yeah, it, it was an interesting time at that time in our family. Um, I had, well, yeah, I kind of got out the, with, amongst the family that I had ADD and they were like, well, what's ADD? And so there's this communication that started and they're like, well, maybe I have it. And also at the same time, um, this was when my second cousin died by suicide. And, and I, and so now you're looking, I'm, I'm, I'm hyper, not hyper, but I'm really focused on things and I'm, and I'm really doing a lot of personal searching and, and I got wondering. So one of the other things I found with ADD is when I was younger, I would obsess about things. So let's say I'd be driving down the road in a car and I remember something that I did maybe five years ago that I felt embarrassed about or ashamed or like, man, why did I do that? And I'd get in a cold sweat and I'd stew about that for 30 minutes or longer, maybe even an hour. I really get depressed. And that's when I also realized in this journey is that the ADD mind can, it can dig things way back in your mind. I can't remember what I had for lunch, maybe the day before. So I tease people about that. But seriously, in my job, my other, my um, other supervisor, he come to me one day and he goes, I know this was a year ago, but you, can you remember what we did on this day? And I tell him like, give me a little bit. And I'll come back and I'll tell you when I when it hits me. And he'd be like, okay. I'd walk away and about an hour later, I'd come in his office and I said, okay, this is what we did on this date. And I'd run through it. And he's like, how did you do that? And I'm like, it's in the filing cabinet in my mind somewhere, but I got to dig through all the files. And, but I seriously can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday or two days ago, but my long-term retrievery, retrieval, <laughs> retrievery without a word. I could retrieve things out of my mind from a long time ago, but that's also bad if you've done, if something really bothers you. And so I re started realizing that this is my mind playing tricks on me, if you will. And so as I, that's what I was talking about, um, medication will get you halfway. Well, I started realizing my mind will wander and bring up things. And so I can shut that down a lot faster. So I don't have little bouts of depression. But a lot of my cousins, when they started realizing, well, yeah, I'm having these thoughts. And I said, yeah, you've got to push them out of your mind. And so this started this communication uh, between cousins that um, it's okay to have these thoughts and you just need to reach out to people. And, and at first, when I did the calculation uh, for my family, I thought, well, it's not that bad. When I took all my cousins and said, yeah, it's it's not that bad. We've lost that many cousins. But then I realized, well, they're all males. Well, I only have six males on my side. And I'm like, wow, that's a third of my cousins have died by suicide. And so that's when my dad went to his other brothers and said, hey, this number's high. And so then everybody started talking amongst each other. And, and we kind of made this pact of like, okay, we need to have a more open communication about our mental health and how we're feeling. And it really changed the 
the dynamics of the family in a lot of ways, because um, one of the other side effects, side effects of ADD is we have big dreams. <clears throat> we have this vision of like, oh, I want this to happen. And if this happens, it's going to be great. so great. I'm going to work up to this point. And when you get there and it doesn't happen, everything just comes crashing down and you just get in a big, uh, why didn't this work? And you just sink into this funk and you just can't get out of it. Um, it also, because of ADD and that journey, I realized it's not dev completely devastating that this dream didn't happen. Maybe just wasn't ready just yet, or I didn't work hard enough, or I lost focus. And so um, I think some of our relatives started seeing more success. Like my, uh, my, my youngest brother um, started, he was in high school, because there, there's 15 years between our ages. And he was going through high school and he's like, I can't remember, I'm having the same things. And so he started on the medication. He's now a mechanical engineer at ATK. So having ADD isn't like a, like a death sentence, if you will. You just got to learn how to use it to your benefit because there's things that the ADD, ADD mind can see differently than most people. Like I noticed that I can see connections between processes quicker than most people or visual or if I'm doing mechanics, I can see how things fit together. And so um, I use that to my strength and, and to, to make me more successful at work. Um, and so, and now my, my youngest or my oldest son, uh, I started noticing his, he's got it too. Uh, I, I noticed, noticed he was struggling with a lot of the same things in kindergarten but the teachers were like no we don't want to talk about that just yet um we we want it he'll grow out of it and it, he just didn't grow out of it he got about fifth grade and i was working with him i was like brayden i'm like this is this is how i cope so i was teaching him all my coping skills as best i could but this is the also limitation the coping skills only got him so far and uh, this is where I might get a little emotional. <laughs> so my oldest uh, son in about fifth grade came to me and he's like, dad, I'm dumb. And he goes, I'm really depressed. And he goes, I'm just not like the other kids. And I was like, okay, the coping skills have only gotten him so far. It's time for the medication. And so we went to the doctor and I said, okay, it's time. And, and that was the thing is that with our doctor at the time, he was like, no, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna put him just on the medication. I said, I'm fine with that, but we're gonna work on coping skills up until this point. And then we're gonna have to switch to medication. And when that time hit, it was a natural fit. And we started putting him on medication and he started seeing success. But we also started talking about more mental health with him because we realized as a family that it's still there. And so it's okay to tell them, hey, if you're depressed and you're and you're you're really struggling with life, it's okay to come talk to mom and dad. And so his perspective on life has really turned around. Um, he doesn't feel, he's, he knows he still struggles. And he's like, ah, oh, dad, I just need help. I just need it. And so, there's much more open uh, communication amongst the family. 
about coping with mental health. And so we're really grateful for that. So hopefully that answers that question for you, Josh. Well, and I think that's perfect, Justin. And I mean, thank you for, I, I know that's a personal, like really close to the heart there, but thank you for sharing that. And one of the things you keep bringing up that I think is just critical is you keep talking about how, and we've heard this as we've interviewed others um, on this podcast, but how, you know, everyone's looking for a silver bullet in their lives, that one thing that solves everything. And you know, a lot of times it's multiple things working together. You know, you talk about the coping mechanisms as well as the medication and yeah. trying to use all the resources you have in a sense and being able to bring those together. So anyway, thank you for sharing that. That is really, I know it's a, a close to heart um, story for you and everything. So now kind yeah. of moving this. Oh, sorry. No, Did you're, you yeah, just, you're welcome. I mean, yeah. I, I find that just talking with people and letting them know what you're going through will open doors, if you will, because then they're like, oh, I'm struggling too. Tell me more. And and then we start helping each other. Yeah. And Josh and I have seen that, you know, as you share more stories, I do think that really, it brings things out that people are willing to talk about. Yeah. Now, kind of going to more of a community level, talking about this, you know, we talked mainly about ADD and ADHD kind of today. So talking about it in more of a general sense across the ad community, um, in a lot of ways we've seen, you know, there are issues that the ad community is dealing with, with mental health. Um, why do you think that some of these issues, like what are the causes of some of these issues and what would you want people to know specifically? Well, um, I remember one time, because my family, well, and when I was talking about some of my family, some of my family started going to the same doctor and they started seeing like ADD is hereditary. So that was the first key that I realized, okay, my son's going to have this. I got to watch. So I was being aware that it's coming because it is passed down from generation. And so I realized, okay, so the Claussens came from Sweden and they were farmers. They've always been farmers. And so when they came to Utah, they worked on farms. They've always been in agriculture. Well, when you, this is how I look at it. Cause my doctor, he says, well, why do you think we're seeing more cases right now of, of ADD or mental health issues? And I said, well, if you think about what America was based on, you're talking immigrants that came here. Uh, they had big dreams, they had goals, they had this vision of something to make their life better. And so um, that's what brought them here. So that fits into that ADD mentality of big dreams, big desires. They they have a bigger vision of what's going to happen. Sometimes it fails, sometimes it doesn't. But there's that drive. I mean, that's what got us to the moon. That's what's... Uh, <laughs> Everything in life for the United States is is based on somebody that is willing to push what we know and explore. So, and that fits right in with ADD. And I think that's what a lot of farmers are, is, is we have this, we want this sense of freedom. We want this, um, we have these big dreams. This is what we want to be. But we also want to be in control. 
And so we live on that edge of excitement. <clears throat> and sometimes it comes crashing down around us because something we knew that we tried didn't work and we're and and it cost us but um the big thing is picking yourself back up and say okay why didn't this work and analyzing a little more and realizing that okay did i fail or did i just not see the full vision of what could have happened here and try it again and maybe it just needs little tweaks to get it to work uh but I remember sitting with my doctor and saying, yeah, I think this is what's happening. And also society's getting more, we want people to be more pigeonholed, like this, you're going to be specifically over this. And the ADD mind likes a lot of different things. I look back at my life, for instance, and I got involved in a lot of things uh, just because that's where my interests were. I wanted to play music. I wanted to be an FFA. I wanted to try wrestling. I wanted to uh, I was involved in the scouts and and there was a lot of things that just held my fascination. So I was always on the move. But but that's what makes America America. We have all these different interests. We keep ourselves busy. And so I think that's why we're seeing more in agriculture is just because that's our upbringing. Is, and so. But everything's getting pigeonholed again. You think back in the day, a lot of farms, they it was a clearinghouse of everything. Everybody had beef cattle, they had pigs, chickens, dairy, everything was on a farm. And then the farm moved to, okay, now we're just doing dairy. We're just doing chickens. We're just doing sheep. And, and so in the early days, a lot of farmers had to be a jack of all trades. And that's what I find myself as a jack of all trades in a lot of things. I, I know a little about a lot of things for some reason, just because my interests drive me in different areas. Like I like changing my own brakes on cars and changing my own oil be and spark plugs because I like to tear things apart and put them back together. Finishing the job can be a struggle. I have to force myself to finish that said job. I like building things, but finishing them once again is really tough and that's what i think farmers are they like that but that's what drives them so um it's not a bad thing though because that's where a lot of creativity comes from so that's i don't i think sometimes we we think of add is a bad thing or uh, mental health but no it can be some of those people are very creative and so we can use that talent to our benefit in society too. So. Well, Justin, we just can't thank you enough for sharing all this personal information that I think is so valuable and, uh, you know, has resonated. I, I mean, personally for me with the, uh, um, you know, thinking about people that uh, are in my family that I know that that may struggle with some similar things. And um, again, we really appreciate you being an ambassador to talk about these types of things, because as Jake mentioned, you know, talking about them is is what really helps to to help others and to to break some stigmas that oftentimes surround mental health. Um the, the last question that that we have for you is, and you've shared some tools and you've shared, you know, about medication and you shared, you know, some some things that you've been able to to learn and 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 utilize. But are there any other specific resources that you'd like to share information 
um, that you'd like to share with others who may be struggling and maybe a process of what you'd recommend that that they do to to get the help that they need? Yeah. Um, when I was first in the journey, you you feel like you're alone. And you're like, how am I going to get through this? And your, your doctor is trying to help you. <clears throat> but I started devouring a lot of things. And he he sent me to two websites. And one of them was Chad. So C-H-A-D-D dot O-R-G. So Chad, it was an excellent site. But the one I found the most helpful for me was one called 180dplace.com. And on there, it gives you a list of you can even take a little test on there and, and common things that ADD people struggle with. Um, one of the best resources on there is a list of people that are famous or successful that struggle with ADD or potentially ADD, like Einstein's on there. Uh, Tom Cruise is on there because sometimes we, we, we like to um, play different roles. And so I think that's what makes him a really good actor. And you look at some things he does, it's all over the place. Um, but that's a really great site. It gave me a lot of hope that, oh, I can be successful. If these guys can do it, I can be successful. Um, and then another one was a book that my doctors uh, told me to, to uh, purchase on Amazon. It was called Driven to Distraction, Recognizing and Coping with Attention Deficit Disorder. And I read through that book and I'd mark it up and I'd, I'd have tabs in it uh, because it goes through these different scenarios and different um, different responses to ADD. So it has people are really hyperactive that are even, and even if I remember this right, the author was found out he had an attention deficit. So he puts his own life story in there, like going through college and, and into graduate school. And he starts talking about his coping skills in that book. And so that gave me a lot of help too. I realized, okay, you can get through this and you can be successful. It's not like, uh, like I said, I'm always saying this, it's not a death sentence. It's actually, you can use it to your benefit and be really successful in your field, but you've got to learn how to cope and, and how to make it work for you. And and so having some of those resources, these those two websites, especially the one, really opened my eyes to the possibilities of like, okay, I can do this. And the book helped a lot too. So those are my favorite ones, especially that the just the website and that book. And then I I ordered, I found another one that really helped my son because we moved schools when he was really struggling with his medication. And it talked about dealing with friends that were ADD. And I can't remember the name of that book right now, uh, but but that one was a really excellent one for him because uh, ADD minds, they sometimes have a hard time making really good connections with other, other people. And so this book really helped him uh, make connections with friends and be successful in that arena uh, because sometimes... Uh, ADD minds can pick up uh, people's reactions better, or sometimes they don't at all. Like somebody will be giving body language and they'll miss it completely. And so some of those books really helped me out. We really appreciate you sharing that information. And, you know, I love how you talked about the celebrities and, and, you know, as Jake mentioned, 
um, you're really a celebrity in your own right in extension with the amazing things that you're able to accomplish and do. And, you know, I think back at one of my favorite courses that I took in my undergraduate, and it actually was the only reason I took it is because it was a, a breadth or a depth requirement that I needed and it fit my schedule. But it ended up being it was it was uh, called Disability and the Citizen, and it was part of the SPED 1010 course. Um, and one of the things that I'll never forget about that uh, course is that they talked about how every single one of us has our own disabilities, right? Some of them are more apparent than others, and some of them are hidden, and some of them are diagnosed, and some of them aren't. Um, but one of the things that I love that you shared is that, you know, oftentimes when we receive the tools and the help that we need, our our disabilities are not going to be the defining uh, label of, of what we are and what we can become. And um, I, I just think that, um, you know, I, I can't thank you enough. And I'm sure Jake feels the same way about. Um, how open you've been and shared this, this information with us, these resources. We know that it's very personal, but um, we hope that those that are listening can learn from your experiences and your successes. And, and we just can't thank you enough for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about and, and visit with, with you about these topics because um, it, it can be rough getting through it, but on the other side, it can be really rewarding. And then talking with people and being open about it. Um, just the, some of the stories I've heard from people that have struggled with very similar things or mental health, their strength in banding together, if you will. <laughs> so, cause you can learn from each other. Like, Oh, I remember I had an employee that was struggling with mental health and, and we connected on a lot of levels. Cause he's like, some days I just can't cope today. And I was like, okay, what do you need? How can I help you be successful today? And so, yeah, it just, it takes, takes a village to, to help everybody. I think. We couldn't agree more. And, and we hope, and again, we really appreciate you being with us. We hope that our, our ag wellness uh, program will will continue to gather individuals and create that community within our rural and agricultural communities. And again, we just can't thank you enough. So thanks for being with us. Um, again, uh, we'd like to thank Justin Clausen, USU Extension Ag Faculty in Cache County, for being our special guest today. This is uh, episode 13 of our Ag Wellness Podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time. On behalf of Jake Hadfield, I'm Josh Dallin. Have a great rest of your day. And again, we look forward to you joining us for episode 14. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ag Wellness Podcast. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Visit our website at farmstress.us and connect with us on social media at Ag Wellness Utah. If you are experiencing stress, mental health concerns, or suicidal thoughts, or if you know someone who is, please contact these resources. As always, if it is an emergency, dial 911. Crisis lines that are available are Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255 The Crisis Text Line 1-800-273-8255
please text H-O-M-E to 741-741. The Crisis Response Network, 1-800-203-CARE or 1-800-203-2273. The Safe Utah Line, 833-372-3388 or download their app to use the chat feature. If you need help, Finding a mental health provider, here are some ways to get started. Contact the person's health insurance provider and ask about mental health professionals that are within their network. Psychology Today Service Finder. On this website, you can search for therapists, psychiatrists, treatment centers, and support groups in your area. Please go to www.psychologytoday.com us. Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Here you can find general information about mental health services in your area. Please go to findtreatment.samhsa.gov. Health Resources and Services Administration. At this website, you can find health centers that offer more affordable options for people that do not have health insurance. Please go to https colon backslash backslash find a health center dot hrsa dot gov u.s department of health and human services this website can help if you have questions about insurance coverage for mental health please go to www.hhs.gov slash programs slash topic hyphen sites slash mental hyphen health hyphen parity backslash mental hyphen health hyphen and hyphen addiction hyphen insurance hyphen help backslash index dot html. Thanks for listening to the Ag Wellness Podcast. Be well.